My name is Travis Sims, and I am the founder and CEO of AGC Accelerated Global Connections. And this is the AGC Experience. Today's broadcast was brought to you by Beyond Design, where they work to provide businesses with affordable and individualized marketing through quality design and strategic implementation in online media promotions, print advertising, events, and public relations marketing. You can find Holly Brunette and her team at Beyond Design at graphicbeyonddesign.com. And note, anytime you see the AGC logo at one of our events on a sign, print, or social media post, you will know that Holly and her team at Beyond Design took great care of us. Good morning, good morning, everyone. I'm Juliet Mitchell, Miss J, your life etiquette expert. Today, I'm here to talk with you about what life etiquette is and how it can help you achieve personal growth and professional success. Four main points I want to make today. What is etiquette and why does it matter? Why do manners matter? And is it worth the investment? And then I will leave you with some professional etiquette tips before after our Q&A. Manners are memorable. So put your best foot forward and claim your seat at the table so that you are better positioned for personal growth and professional success. I call this life etiquette. When you hear people say, put your best foot forward, what does that really mean? Simply it means putting your best self in any situation you experience in life. In particular, today, we're talking about business, career, and professional development. Here's a quote by Robin Sharma. Robin Sharma is one of the world's leading professional development and personal development coaches. He's done leadership work worldwide. But of all his work, this quote really sticks out for me because it forms the basis for what I do in my work. The swiftest way to triple your success is to double your investment in personal development. Again, I call that life etiquette. Now, when you think about investment, most people think about their financial portfolio. I'd like you to think about your personal development portfolio. There may be some other buckets in this portfolio, just like you have a, a mixture of investments in your financial portfolio. You also have a mixture of investments in your personal portfolio, cultural capital, your human capital, and your social capital. When someone invites you to the table, they invite you based on your whole package. And that first part of that package being that cultural capital. That's who you are as a person. Your culture, your ethnicity, the way you dress, where you were raised, even your age, your gender, your beliefs and values, even the way you comport and carry yourself, your hair, your nails, all that's a part of this cultural message you bring in your package. The second part of that package is what we call the human capital. If you've heard of the rule of mastery, and I'm sure many of you have, that means that people expect you to be competent in something. So the rule of mastery says that you are an expert if you've invested 
10,000 hours in whatever that was or whatever that is that you are learning. Your knowledge, your skills, your ability are part of your, the rule of mastery and what you bring to the table. So you are competent in some area. People invite you because of who you are and your cultural capital. They may invite you to the table because of what you know, your knowledge, skills, and abilities. But the bucket I'm talking about today is called your social capital. Social capital are those connections that you have with people. Next slide. So you may not can see this very well, but this social capital, those connections, this is a prime example. The young lady in the picture in the pink pants, that's my granddaughter. She calls me one day and said, Grandma, guess what? I went to the ocean. I was thinking, well, how cool is that? She gets to go to experience the ocean. Another time she calls me up and said, Grandma, me and Zora went hiking in the mountains. Because of her connection with Zora and Zora connection with her, they get to go places. They are invited places. But it's not just uh, their culture, which is part of it, not just what they know, but it's who they are as people and the way they conduct themselves, their actions, their behaviors, how their manners, their manners, actions, and behaviors. Those are the things that people get to know, learn about, and trust, and they want you to be invited to the table. The more tables you get invited to, the more your world expands. So when, how this relates to etiquette. So the, the manners, behaviors, and actions, that is what etiquette is all about. But let me ex expand it a little bit more. If you can see this graphic on the page here, most people, when they hear the term etiquette, they think about being nice and kind and considerate and how to dine properly. And they would be right. But there's another part of etiquette as well. So picture etiquette on a spectrum. On the one hand, you have being nice and kind and considerate. On the other hand, you have rules and laws and protocol. I know people roll their eyes when they hear rules and laws, but think about it. Being nice and kind and considerate helps us to be in harmony with each other, right? On the other hand, the rules and laws and protocol, those are the parts of etiquette that keeps us safe. Okay, and we need them both in this world. Picture in your mind, I'm going to ask you a question. I just want you to picture in a moment. What if we did not have etiquette? What if we did not have a way of coming together at the table? What if there were no societal norms? What would the world be like? If you said chaos, you would probably be right. It would be a pretty chaotic place if we didn't have a way of coming to the table together, if we weren't in agreement with each other on how we were going to treat each other. Next slide. Whether it's in our home, whether it's in school, in the community, and in society, and we have had not only glimpses, it has been up close and personal what happens when society is not civil when people don't obey the rules and laws and protocol. Now, I'm not saying that everything uh, has to be the same all the time. Rules and laws and protocols change. But again, there's a way that we're to come together so that we can facilitate that change 
and not destroy each other. Next slide. And again, our manners, actions, and behaviors. Manners are memorable. People remember what you do, what you say, and how you behave. That's why in any situation, you should always put your best foot forward. Skills are impressive. Again, you come to the table with some competencies, some skills, and something that you can do. We need that to make the world work, but it's not going to work very well if you have poor manners. If you get invited to the table and you have bad manners, you may be asked to leave the table, or you may not be invited back because people remember. It doesn't matter how, how skilled you are. If we can't get along, if we can't hear each other, if we don't respect each other, then it's probably not going to work and we're not going to move forward. So why does it matter? I've kind of answered those questions already, but I want to raise these three points. Manners and our, our manners, behaviors, and actions and how we treat each other and how we agree to come to the table is going to help build better relationships. And that starts early, like with my granddaughter. If you give kids the, the social skills and help groom them in that area, along with their competencies, then you position them for success early in life. Another reason why is because manners affect your productivity and performance, whether in the home, whether in school, or in the workplace. If people are treating each other badly, it's going to affect whether or not you even want to be at school or be at work. And when you're there, if you're treated badly, your performance is going to suffer. And that is going to affect the bottom line. It's going to affect the bottom line in your family budget, in your school budget, as well as your professional budget. So, Let's get back to Robin Sharma. The swiftest way to triple your success is to double your investment in personal development. If you're not convinced yet that it's worth the investment, take a look at these stats. I know we have some numbers people in the room and they want to see the proof. So this study is, was done by Gallup. It was a Gallup poll focusing on millennials. Now, millennials are the hugest population in our workforce now. The baby boomers were the, the, um, the highest population. However, we're kind of moving out, and millennials are moving in. Well, they're there in full force. And 87% of the respondents said, I want a company that's going to invest in me. That's important for my professional growth and development. 74% said that, well, I'm not going to be happy at work if you're not investing in me, if you're not showing any effort to grow me as a, pro a professional and to position me for leadership. And 40%, they're just going to leave. They're going to start looking for work. They may have already started. They've already told you what they need. They're not getting it. As a company or an organization, you might say, I can't afford to. I can't afford professional development training. 
you can't afford not to because if you have a 40% turnover, you're going to be constantly investing in hiring people, which is a whole lot more than professional development training. And I'm not just talking about the skills training because we need that as technology changes and the world grows and techniques change. But what doesn't change is that need for respect and consideration from other people. So yes, your manners, the representative that you send out to represent your company at an event, uh, at a training, at a conference, is going to be a reflection on you and your business. So I, I think I want to do this, Ms. J. I, I think I need to make an investment, but I'm not sure where to start. Well, first of all, just know that this just doesn't come naturally. People don't, just don't wake up and have good manners. Just like anything else have to be taught and groomed and cultivated, so does good manners. You know, the kid that gets suspended from school, maybe even from daycare, or the person on the job who's always got something going on and people don't want to be around you. Well, maybe they were never given that training. They never were taught how to be. And some people know they don't know, and so that they're reluctant to step forward. It affects your self-confidence as well. But once you know how to be in different situations, you will be invited to the table because you will know how to be in better relationship with people. And even when you're in a disagreement, you will know how to do that in a professional manner. Good manners. Good manners are good for career and life success. From the tiny tot to the seasoned professional. If you make that investment, you will see your success grow. You know why? Because you'll be at the table. People will invite you and they will invite you back. Bad manners? Maybe not so much. Even if you have a skill, even if you have knowledge that is highly regarded in the world, if they have another choice, they're going to choose someone that they can work with. Sometimes maybe you're the only kid on the block and they need you. But what of that relationship? Are you going to do your best work? Are they going to do their best work if they're being treated poorly? I think not. Manners are memorable. People remember what you do, what you say, and how you behave. And I call that the etiquette edge. I said I would leave you with five tips today. I'm sure you've seen these tips before, but hopefully the context that I present this will make you think a little bit more of how to incorporate those in your life. Number one, be prepared. The who, what, when, where, why, how, that's still important. It was important 50 years ago, is important today. Knowing that will help you to be prepared for any meeting, training, any opportunity comes that, that comes your way. If you didn't read the memo and they said it was a casual affair and you come in a tuxedo, you're going to be out of place. If they say it's a formal affair and, you, affair and you come in jeans and sneakers, you're going to be out of place. So do the research and be prepared. When you walk into a room, acknowledge others. Acknowledge others. I am so sorry. I had um, I need to turn that off. Oh, 
Okay, um, I am so sorry about that. That was uh, a professional faux pas, but um, let's move on. So acknowledge people. If you come in the room with your head too high or your head too low, people may not feel that they can approach you. So keeping that eye contact and a nod or a hello is important. When I first started out in my career, I was sent for a professional development to the Dale Carnegie course. That was the most substantial investment that my employer made in me and is still with me today. So it definitely was worth the investment. One of the things that Dale Carnegie says is that a person's name is the sweetest sound. So I want you to try this. If nothing else today, try this when you walk into a room or when you are meeting with someone, even in a virtual world. Hi, Mark. How you doing? Talk, 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 talk. Well, Mark, tell me about talk, 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 talk. And in the end, thank you so much, Mark. It was good meeting with you. I look forward to getting with you for coffee. And you can say Mark again if you'd like, but you've said it three times. So don't just walk in a room and start talking or join the meeting and start talking. Use the person's name if you have it. And it's okay to ask their name. Use professional language. And again, that doesn't mean a lot of big words no one can relate to. It must be relevant. So use the language that is appropriate and professional and be able to tweak and tailor that language to the nuances of the conversation. You're not just going to enter into a conversation uh, talking about hardcore business. There's usually, some, there's usually some small talk in the beginning and it could graduate to that. Or it could be purely social. So take your lead from the person that you are engaged with. And lastly, be attentive, whether it's in a virtual world or face-to-face. -face. Making that eye contact, giving a nod, saying something that will let the person know that you are engaged with them. Full force, a full face um, body position, if you can, or if they're next to you looking at that person. But if you're looking around the room like you're scouting for your next victim, People gonna they're gonna notice that they may not say anything. Just remember this: people may not say anything, but they may not invite you back to the table. This is Miss J. Manners are memorable. Always put your best foot forward and claim your seat at the table for personal growth and professional success.